Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Five. Oh, okay. Does that work? <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> All right, Alice. We're going to do something a little bit different. We're doing something evening. a little bit different this A little thing? bit different this day. Mm-hmm. We are going to listen to a two a podcast in which two guys are listening to a podcast. <laughs> okay. This would be in the um, content business what people would call a bad idea. Okay. So we are going to do it. Because something just jumped out at me. And this is also a quiz for you. Quiz for me? Yes. Okay, I'll pay attention. So the point of this, and guys, you may need to take notes. This is from the Blind Mike Project, which is Mike Geary's po- podcast. It's he and Craig mm-hmm. Ironhead. That's Craig is uh, Jerry's pro- producer. And they had, they played a couple of, an interview that a couple of comedians did. And the interview was with Chet Hanks. Chet Hanks is the like weird rapper. Is it the one who talks in an accent? Yes, and- often talks in an accent. He's a and he's got he's Tom Hanks' cultural appropriation. He's a weird, yeah. He's a weird like mm-hmm. rap like wannabe badass dude. I think he's just a big loser, mm-hmm. but but whatever. That's fine. So it is Chet Hanks uh, is on. With a couple of comedians. One is Brandon Schaub. And the other is... I forgot the other guy's name. But it doesn't really matter. Anyway, so they're analyzing... The, the, those two guys are analyzing this these podcast. comedians. Okay. Talking interview. to Chet Hanks. Oh, Chet Hanks. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I just want to dissect this a little bit. Okay, so here we go. It's like you didn't want to be in that... Like you saw what your dad has to deal with? Uh, the credit definitely goes That's to... That's Brandon Schaub. He is a comedian who was in the MMA... What's that called? UFC. Like UFC, okay. So he's... So the the insinuation here is that he's kind of stupid. But but so, so he's asking the... the, what the He's asking Chet Hanks, Hey, so you didn't... You learned from your parents that being famous sucks, so you don't want to be famous? To which Mike picks up on something very good. So let's start there, okay? 
this? Like you didn't want to be in that? Like you saw what your dad has to deal with? The, uh, the credit definitely goes to my parents for how they raised me. Just because yeah, they're hold not. On. Brendan, rewind that because Brendan is completely not getting it. He goes, hey, oh, is that what you, you didn't want to deal with what your dad dealt with? Chet Hanks is a musician and actor and hosting a podcast. He's not running away from the limelight. <laughs> not at all. This question is this question is for if Tom Hanks had a son that was in finance that changed his last name so no one would know who he was. <laughs> I see the dangers it's unbelievable over here. that this was directed at Chet Hanks. All right. And that's a great catch by Mike, because, of course, Chet mm-hmm. Hanks is doing everything he can to be as famous as he possibly can. Right. But this interviewer, Brandon Schaub, doesn't, it just doesn't, he's thick. He doesn't seem to understand. The kid's on a publicity tour. Right. Promoting a new podcast on the road. He goes. That's why he's on this podcast right now. Exactly. It's because he wants to promote himself. Right. I know, kidding. (laughs) Parents for how they raised me just because they're not Hollywood. You know, they want to be like as low key as possible. You know, they they don't like doing any of that. You know, they're very, very just under the radar. But also, you know, like there were kids that I knew growing up that would like the type of kids that would be like, do you know who I am? And that shit to me was just, I, I never related but to But it's that. not about that. I was never that type of dude <laughs> ever. That, that's not like- <laughs> you were a little bit. But also, I this is what like kind of endeared me to Chet now is that he's like, hey, I mean, I guess, sure, these guys are me. I might as well go with it. Yeah, yeah, I am a pretty grounded guy. <laughs> <laughs> And that's great. You still have a crush on him. He's funny. I don't know. Yeah, he's funny. And that's great analysis by Mike. And he's absolutely right. That Chet Hanks is like, okay, this guy, this guy, this dumb guy who's interviewing me is acting like I don't want to be famous when I obviously do want to be famous. Um, But so he decided to interpret the question as like, why am I so down to earth? Right. To work with it. Okay. So because... But the biggest egregious thing, what's the most egregious thing that those two hosts do, Alice? What's the most egregious thing? I'll give you a hint. It happened somewhere around here. Parents for how they raised me just because yeah, they're not Hollywood. You know, they, they want to be like as low key as possible. You know, yes. they, they don't like doing all, all, any of that. Shit. You know, they're very, very just under the radar. But also, you know, like there were kids that I knew growing up that would like the type of kids that would be like, do you know who I am? And that shit to me was just, I, I never related but to But it's that. not about that. I was never that type of dude but ever. That, that's not like- what I'm- <laughs> so, so Mike and Craig missed this too. What's the, what should those hosts have done? Um, I don't know. What should they have done? You got to think it was an interviewer, Alice. You have somebody there, the son of Tom Hanks. Right. Who's saying, saying that they're low key, Tom Hanks? Nope. That I knew growing up that would like the type of kids that would be like, do you know who I am? And that shit to me was just, I You I'd should never... ask who they were. God dang right you do. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. It's so incredible. The instincts that those, those hosts don't have. Right. Get the good stuff. Make this thing interesting. Break news. Whatever he says. If he if he nails like Jason Bateman's kid or something, that's news. That's big. You should want to know. And also, as a person, if you were sitting in the room, like and I know I'm I'm essentially picking back off exactly what those guys are doing on their show today. Mm-hmm. But it is remarkable how you wouldn't think. I mean, if you were in person, you would say, "Really? Like 
They could. Who's the, story? <laughs> who's, the, who's the biggest dink? This kid, this Chet Hanks, it wants, is coming, his persona is kind of a tough guy, you know? Mm-hmm. Like a, a badass. Well, he's going to not shrink from the question, probably. Yeah. You know? Because he, he's got to back it up. Mm-hmm. It's just like, come on, man. Ugh, I hate that. I hate that, that he didn't do it. I mean, you always got to ask, ask color. That's why, like, that. That's why when. I mean, you you need to want to do that. That's why when there's a pit bull attack, what do you need? Mm-hmm. What do you want to know about the dog? Uh, what do you mean? I give you a hint. It's precisely when there used to be pit bull attacks, and I was at the Herald. It's what I would reach out to the police about. Uh, I don't know. Come on. What do you want to know about the dog? Its name? Damn right. Of course. <laughs> you want to know the dog's name. Because if it's a dog owned by a thug, he's going to be Tyson or Thor or something like that. Because mm-hmm. everybody gets those dogs to be tough guys. If it's owned, owned by a woman, what's it going to be named? Bella. Bella, Lulu, Elsa mm-hmm. is a new one. You know, and that just colors the story. But you got to... I mean, there are questions you you have to ask. You gotta want to make a, you gotta want to um, get some kind of color out of the whole thing. And I mean, thankfully, we had Mike getting color out of the whole thing because they became the interviewers for Mike's show. The interviewers were his topic, right? It's because they're so incredibly bad at that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just great. And now, of course, now now it's been recycled three times because now now we're listening <laughs> to them listen to that. Exactly, mm-hmm. exactly. But it's like, man, I don't. You know, there was one time, there is one time, um, <laughs> like some. There have been times when I missed it. Like there was one time when I went on the MB, MBTA, mm-hmm. and and um. Yeah, I was in the MBTA. It sounds like a legit thing that somebody from Boston would say, right? I was on the Orange Line, and we were in Wellington. And at one point, the train was stopped in Wellington. The doors opened up, and tactical response units from the police were down there with machine guns. Mm-hmm. I took a bunch of cell phone pictures. You know, I don't know yep. what's going on. And later on that morning, I told Jacqueline Cashman, I said, do you see that? It's on the train? And she said, yeah, yeah. They had the guy who does the supervisor or somebody who like they ran the MBTA on scheduled that day. She asked him, she asked the guy, "Hey, what happened today at at um at Wellington?" Mm-hmm. He said, "We saw somebody was uh, play, uh praying like an Islamic thing, and somebody people were alarmed." I didn't put the two together. So Jacqueline said, Tom, by the way, somebody was praying and people were alarmed. And in my mind, I never put it together that that goes with my picture. And the day almost expired. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, that's interesting. The day almost expired before she said, Tom, you've told the desk, right? And I said, what? That somebody, what, what do you mean? She said, Tom, somebody, by the way, the screaming you're hearing is our kids have laser tag now, so they're shooting each other. Mm-hmm. She said, uh, so, so eventually I'm like, oh, my God. My pictures of a guy with a machine gun outside of the MBTA uh, on the train 
are with a woman sitting down, like reading a book, and behind her is a guy with a machine gun. That's a great picture, and goes precisely with this story with this guy who with the MBTA guy. And it was such a shock that the desk said, "Are you serious?" The, the editors of the desk were like, "Can I possibly be that this guy just got on our air and said?" And Cashman put it together. I was going to let it go. Sometimes you miss it. Yeah, you know? but it was great. And that was a big. That was a big. Actually, it's I funny. I remember that. That was my. Because we posted that on social media and some of my liberal friends yelled at me about it. Well, that was the first day I became a photojournalist mm-hmm. because all the news outlets asked to use it. And I had to make them wait hours and hours and hours until... Because the Herald was doing it first. Right. Herald was doing it first. Exactly. The second time I had a bunch of people ask for permission, Alice, well, not a, had anybody asked permission, was today mm-hmm. when I got the Haverhill House fire and WHDH asked to, uh, to, for permission. But it's just one of those. It's just one of those things where, as an interviewer, you'd want to, you'd want to, you know what? And actually, last week, considering the, all those blind interviews I had, mm-hmm. those were that you know that was that was also like interesting training because I had to suss out interesting stuff. Like we had the, the 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 one of the sponsors was the director of a funeral home company. Blind, blind by the way, I've got him right now. This is the presenting sponsor is Acme Funeral Homes. This is John Acme right here, Tom. Here you go. Sit down, John. He's coming right right back. (laughs) On the spot. Like, what Mm -hmm. do you do? That's a tough one. Because what are we going to talk about? Let's uh, let's talk embalming for the next 15 minutes. Like, it's it's a macabre thing to talk about. Right. right? And it tried to, like, come up with some things like, uh, you know, what you do is so important because you're the point of contact with people who are grieving much like the salvation army is the point of the whatever some of it was mm-hmm. painful little you know yeah. bit of a stretch some of it not but it was interesting because i asked what he wanted why he wanted to do it and he says his father had done it and his father had um op- taken training lessons right when he got back from the war in europe in world war Two. Hmm. so then we went into his father in world war Two, in the trek he had from north africa into Europe, into like uh, into uh, Germany, and yeah. so like sometimes you're li- literally panning for gold live, and sometimes you hit it. And that got to be really interesting. Yeah. That guy was interesting, and he was like kind of happy and pleased to talk about his dad. Because some of these sponsors, especially when you're doing charities things, don't really want to nakedly shelf the business because they're just because they're it looks tacky, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, they'd rather talk about something right un- unrelated. <laughs> Yes. No. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, that is there. That is uh, where that is. We almost thought about booking Mike Geary on tonight, but I have two reservations. One, I don't think he really wants to do it. There's a child <laughs> falling. This tells you, by the way. This tells you. Uh, it's just. Uh, of course, of course, the shooting's happening right outside of the room. I think it's nice but, background noise, actually. Okay. I have no. I'm not that. I'm not that angry. Um, and so, so you've begun making reparations for your actions yesterday. My actions yesterday. Yep. Um, it, Morgan said that. Uh, you I know, should be kicked off the show. Yes, I know. And for I what know. two reasons? Harsh words. Because <laughs> you're no fun. Because I have no sense of humor. Yes. And because I'm a lesbian. And that is he is correct on both. <laughs> Correct on both. I don't think you're actually allowed to fire me because I'm a lesbian. I think that uh, goes against employment law. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was also, what's that called when you don't do what you're supposed to do? 
insubordination. You, you were insubordination, <laughs> insubordination yesterday. But you've begun your reparations. Would you like to talk about that in detail at all? No. <laughs> what else is going on? Um, so have you updated your Twitter app? Can you see the like counts now? Oh, I don't know. So now what, Twitter what shows you, or not like counts, sorry, view counts. So like Twitter shows you how many times a tweet's been viewed now. You don't? Have you seen this? No, I'm sorry. I've been on Craigslist and Facebook Marketplace all day. By the way, we've got a new phone in the studio, new, new edition mm-hmm. of the studio. I'm trying to find an oscilloscope, Alice. Okay, so I'm going on Twitter right now. And if you look at tweets, you can see how many times they were viewed. My own tweets. Any tweets. Or any tweets. Anybody's tweets, yeah. You can see how many people saw them. Mm. Like it's to the left of the likes and the replies and stuff. I don't see it. No, I don't have. Oh, no, I don't have that. So you must not have updated your Oh, no, it says views. Yeah, views. That's what I'm saying. Wait, the, the literally nobody is it times this tweet was seen on Twitter. It can take a few minutes to have the view count appear. Okay, so I got to find older ones, I guess. Well, that's interesting. Yeah, the first thing I noticed about it is that very few people even like tweets, much less reply or like quote tweet or anything else. It's like very. Like, a lot more people see them than not. And I know you've always been able to go into your own insights and see who sees your tweets, but to see, like, how many people see everybody's tweets is kind of intriguing to me. That's, like, a new feature. I do feel like um, it's... I do feel like there's more Twitter features, like, rolling in and out than ever before. Do you feel like that? Yeah, kind of. Like, I feel like they're trial ballooning all these different things. When do I lose my specialness? Your blue check? Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, I think you do. I mean, it already, I showed you that before. It already says that you may or may not be notable because you have a legacy blue check. Right. Well, I want something that differentiates me from most people. Well, now lots of people have them. And if they click on yours, it says (laughs) you may or may not be notable. I think that's terrible. Don't you? No. I think it's great. Power to the people, honey. No, no. We want power to to me. We want me to be have prestige. It makes me better than other people else. That's all I've got. <clears throat> um, oh, okay. Uh, another thing. Another thing. Yeah. Today I went to the store tonight. I got you peppers. I got us cucumbers. I got lemons and I got limes. I got vodka. I got um, Mick Ultra seltzers like this. Okay. On the way back mm-hmm. from the store, and this is from Groveland, Mass, Massachusetts. I didn't have my seatbelt on, and the thing was going ding, 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 ding. You know the seatbelt uh, noise, that mm-hmm. seatbelt noise. And I thought about like the person who invented that. I thought if the person who invented that is an a hole, <laughs> really. Like if you invent something that that's meant to disturb people it's meant to bother people you're a total jerk you seriously are i mean that is like that is an annoyance hey i invented the world's most uh, most uh, utilized annoyance it's, it's terrible it's like the only the only joy there is from my my old beat up 1984 white volvo i with, thought it was like a 2005 or something oh yeah 2005 is um the only thing that's great about that is that it doesn't have that it doesn't care 
It's say the Volvo says, I'm going to treat you like an adult and you're going to either fly out of the windshield if we crash or get jostled or something. And that's your choice. But I respect you enough to not nag you about it. It's so terrible. What kind of person? <laughs> Seriously. They want you to put on the seatbelt. What kind of person does that? It probably in, saves lives. I don't care. What do you, I'm going to get in the business of making something that nags people. <laughs> no, you have to put it on. Put it on. It's like, shut up. You do your own thing. Leave me alone. Reminds me of consumer value stores now sending me these things. By the way, it's that time of year again. Time for your flu shot and your COVID shot. At this point, just shut up. We're done. Yeah. Do you have anything to say this evening else? Yes, I do, actually. Okay, good. I do. You don't need to stand down completely when I'm saying stuff. By the way, is that new lipstick? Uh, it's a different one. Yeah, I couldn't find my regular one, and we were in a hurry, which I thought. Uh, I like how you feel that you have to explain to like you're in trouble. <laughs> I'm just I like I like your lipstick. I think I'm not a huge lipstick guy. You have nice big lips. Thanks. Um. So remember how we talked about um, the how there's like the AI art that maybe that makes art from other things like the AI writing and the yes, AI yes, artwork yes. Yep. and um, and how like the lines around it around like who owns what are um, are a Blurred. little blurry right now yes. so somebody tried to start a Kickstarter that was um, basically like to use uh, a bunch of images to create AI art uh, it was like some anime thing so they, and Kickstarter kicked it off the platform because it's like utilizing other people's images, even though like it's not selling other people's images. It's just feeding them into an AI that can then create more images like them for other people. Um, so they put out a whole statement saying that they're going to um, that they ha- their policy on it is going to be. Hey, you do have a sneeze button. I do, yeah. No, I forgot to use it. I forgot I had that. Yes, I'm sorry, Tommy in New Hampshire. Um, So, but I thought it was interesting that they're like trying to crack down on it because it's going to, um, like this is they're not going to be able to stop this by like stopping the Kickstarter project. You know what I mean? Like this is a tidal wave that's coming. This is like trying to protect the horse and buggy industry when the automobile is coming out. This AI stuff is coming and it's going to disturb all these like online artwork ecosystems. Right? So basically this project was they were going to collect up to 20 million images, feed them into um an AI and try and create like new stuff. Well, the thing is, Alice, you know, mm-hmm. so much most avant-garde art is talentless rubbish. So but not that you kind know, of art, nothing... like the type of art that people do online, where they are like commissioning stuff, or like in this particular one, it was like about animes, basically, and and hentai, also, so also porn. Oh, okay. So these people that were doing the Kickstarter wanted to take a bunch of anime images, like twenty million anime and Can hentai I ask you images. About hentai yes. porn. Yes. Have you watched it? No. Mm. Here's my my question to you. Mm-hmm. If you're watching anime, yeah, porn, then you're getting stimulus. From something that is not a human being. 
Yeah. The depiction is not a... It is a... It could be a realistic-looking animation, but it's not a real human. How does that speak to your, like, body? Why would that actually be something that stimulates you? Why would people be wired to be stimulated by that? Or is it just the same thing as if you're actually looking at a picture of, let's say, a woman... Then you're actually just looking at pixels, and why would that stimulate? You? But that, but but a woman, a depiction of a woman. But I mean, it is obviously a depiction of a cartoon woman. Right. Well, I. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row, dreaming of something better? Well, Hello Fresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello. Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Get that, but it's not, it's not the real thing. Why would that, that, like that work? What do you mean, why would it work? Because it would looks you... like a human to your brain. Like, why can you look at a picture and it looks like a human? Why can you look at a cartoon and it looks like a person to you? I mean, like, the Disney princesses are hot, right? For the most part. The ones over 18? Yes. (laughs) Who is the one? Oh, the one, um, Pocahontas, right? Uh, you liked Pocahontas. I think you liked Elsa, too. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm only human. Oh, yeah. That one scene. When she has the song. Oh, Yeah. There is there is some image. She's eighteen in that, right? Yeah. Wait, is it illegal to be attracted to animated characters who supposedly aren't over eighteen? Uh, yes. It is. Yeah. So that's actually a point of debate because some people think that, um, like child porn that's animated child porn should be allowed as long as like no actual children are harmed in the making of it okay i'm gonna be against that i am too i'm very against that okay um but people are like well it's not harming anyone so why can't we just let the pedophiles have that because it's for them it's like looking at a menu probably I know that's mean to say i don't know you don't want me yelling at the um yeah no i don't i don't think i mean I, i don't think it should be allowed at all so that's fine but yeah and and that's problematic in anime and hentai generally is a lot of the people morgan says jessica rabbit was pretty hot correct Mm -hmm. yeah so i mean obviously it still works if it looks roughly like a person but um the the ethical concerns about it are going to be huge because the idea of this is like people are mad. They're saying this is exploiting and stealing from creators who were making this stuff and like getting paid to do it. And and like if you can just have an AI generate it just as good, then like oh, then like then that's bad. Well, so that's Kickstarter shutting down the project. To make all the anime to, that wanted to feed all these anime images well, into a like thing. Like I was like, saying, I don't see why. 
I mean, Jackson Pollock sucked. You know, the thing where you, like, throw the, like, whip paint at the canvas from 10 feet away? That's rubbish. Um, it, like, why wouldn't you just go to AI and say, create the random thing t- until one takes? I mean, you could seriously, I mean, it's already happening with music, right? Mm-hmm. AI, create a song, create 50 million songs, and maybe two will hit. Well, yeah. So, but, you know, I just think it's funny that Kickstarter is at this late date trying to, like, stop it from happening by taking it down off their platform. Yeah, who knows? So, yeah, they're they're attempting to, but I I thought it was sort of an interesting story. They're not going to... Um... You can see in the wide shot, by the way, guys, if you're watching, you can see that my new phone, my wall phone. We gotta, I got to close that door. We're going to have to do some more jiggering with the wires. What about the wires? You can see my, auto, my shirt, too. This is from the... Where Aquarium else? of the Pacific in Long Beach, California. The otters strike back. <laughs> it's a silly thing, really. <laughs> Um, uh, so tonight, um, you and I, Alice, are going to be joining another esteemed podcast. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Last week it was Menors. Tonight is Montante. That's great. Hope you're ready. I hope you're That's ready. Great. I don't know what we're going to talk about. I have not been well, given an itinerary of what we're discussing. That's involving you is going to be objectifying you. You've had a lot of that in the last. I mean, had you just you know done the right thing and. And, and st- you know, sometimes had you just you know abided up for yourself had you, means you take some heat, had and that's you okay. Just abided by our vows yesterday and obliged uh-huh. me. You wouldn't have this problem. Mm-hmm. You look washed out in the in the video. Why do you look washed out? Because I don't know why there's too much light on me or something, or somebody, it's not yellow here. enough. The there's light. Po- somebody. By the way, I've, somebody moved stuff around in the studio today, has, and I didn't move stuff around. Oh, really? Because I feel like the lamp was moved and this light was moved and like a bunch of stuff. Did I move that light? Different. No, I didn't touch it. I mean, or maybe I touched it. Oh, I touched it probably. Because you were hanging up your telephone on the yeah, door right there. I okay. I'm just saying. It's called a capital So sometimes when everything's moved around in the room, it, the setup, it's difficult to get it back the way that it was. Do you want me to hold my phone? No. What do you need to do? Am I allowed to talk about that? Go okay, ahead. whatever. I didn't, it's okay. fine. Go, please. I didn't know if you had anything else. Okay. Well, I just... It's, it's fine. Um, the other thing... Are that, you... I'm not going to say the word, but... <laughs> what did I do now? No, nothing. I, you, you seem to be salty. I'm salty? Yes. I'm, I'm not salty right. at all. I'm not salty at all. I'm perfectly nice and happy. And um, so today... I saw this article. It's actually from a few months ago, but the publication, which is called The Walrus, retweeted it mm-hmm. um, to, in the last couple of days, which is why, why I happened to see it. And I thought it was interesting. Uh, it's about how millennials don't have hobbies. <laughs> um, and it's this person writing, um, Alicia Swain, Sonny, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to say her last name. Uh, she says she came to a stark realization. I don't have any hobbies and nobody else I knew seemed to either. It had been nearly a decade since I had played the piano. Aside from the dodgeball league I joined impromptu at the height of unemployment one year, I never fostered the time or commitment toward a joyful activity when I wasn't on the clock. In the first several months of the pandemic, uh, I asked myself how I could use that time more effectively. Naturally, I relied on Instagram trends and I da, 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 did an adult coloring book. Uh, what the hell? Photos of sourdough baking and people concocting at home quarantinis cluttered my timeline. Quarantinis. Um, so sourdough baking. I'm... She painted a room, did DIY renovations. Um, but 
the popularity of all those things faded and she didn't end up sticking with anyone. So she's asking, what does it mean to find a hobby and how can I find one? Um, and he says that, you know, a lot of people don't have hobbies anymore. So this was interesting to me because I thought about like, I was thinking about like your dad and how your dad did like so many things, mm -hmm. like was avidly involved in bird watching and like a bunch of other stuff. Yes. Uh, yes. At the end, a lot of that was volunteering because he was, he was in Vermont yeah, and he was, and, and doing he had two part-time jobs, you know, it's, mm -hmm. it's the employment situation. He and was, people, you know, and people like all these organizations, like Knights of Columbus, the haziness of the studio Morgan's asking about that is also due to the lighting being not where it was left before and it's messing up the cameras. Um, but I do think that older generations did do more hobbies mm -hmm. and were in more like pickup leagues of things and did more stuff. And like we talked about, you know, adults acting more like kids now and like doing kids stuff. And I think that's like almost replaced it. Right. Like, I mean, I think a lot of people my age, like video games are their hobby more so than like taking up woodworking or like bird watching or doing something, you know, learning a musical instrument, something that requires like, I mean, I guess doing video games well probably requires effort too. But I think there's a substantive difference between like signing yourself up for adult summer camp or like buying Star Wars collectibles. Although people your age do that too. But like, it's ridiculous. or like Legos, is Legos like, the same type of hobby as like hobbies that our parents generation did but i think they've really replaced that do you know what i mean like rather than like taking up baking or something something sort well, of productive. i don't get it because because uh you know i don't get adults who do legos i don't get it i mean uh, uh, my generation had legos and then we said goodbye to them in the 80s because <laughs> we got older and now we're coming back to i don't get to me that's tedious busy work it's like a like that it's like doing well a, do you have hobbies it's like doing a puzzle what activity do i like to do that's outside of my normal i like to walk i'm a walker i like that mm -hmm. you know and, and i have been for my whole life and and so i like to walk but but to me uh, it's not busy work it's all very real when i'm walking i'm out there i there's a goose who comes after me <clears throat> i see people um in things and I'm and I'm listening to podcasts. But could you ever see yourself doing something like, I don't know, people like join the town gardening club and like work on, you know, the people like do things with other people. Yeah. Recreationally. I, and I feel like, I feel like those sorts of things aren't very common anymore. Yeah. Um, I, could I do them? Like, I feel like all yeah. those fraternal organizations don't have people anymore, too. Like the Elks, that kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, those types of things. Well, I mean, the hot, the thing that we were doing... I actually... I actually talked to a bunch of Masons mm -hmm. the other day, and, and... Do they have trouble getting people? Young people? I think so. And I thought that maybe I'd do that, because my grandfather and father... I, I'd be a legacy Mason. They, they All the Shattuck's were Masons. And... And I said when we were with the Elks, um, which were good people, my friend and I were with, with the Elks, we were essentially um, just watching the Pats game, drinking beers, which is fine. 
It actually, you know, when you're when you're with one of those mm-hmm. clubs, not saying an efficient game club in Melrose was the same. Yeah, thing. but I think you know, I think young like people my age and younger have sort of started to replace activities that require going out in the world and doing something or like learning something that requires work with things that are essentially types of entertainment. Like I think of video games as a type of like entertainment consumption even though i know that they are like more interactive or like watching netflix or like all these things like being into tv shows like that's not and and i think that people spend a lot of their time on stuff like that yeah and that that i also makes me nervous because i I also think that's a waste like you know i i get uncomfortable when somebody says yeah we binge watched ozark uh you know and so they watch 17 episodes that makes me nervous i don't like hearing that and i don't like I'm. I don't like. I don't like hearing that people are sitting down reading all the time. I like reading. I know, but I don't. I don't understand. I, just, I listened to a podcast today where Mark. Uh, sorry, this, I don't know what's going on. It's got to be that thing right there. What thing? The red black thing. Yeah. Okay. That all the headphones are plugged into. Okay. I don't know. Mark Cuban said, you know, I told my kids you have to read because if you read, then you've got two lives: a life that you're really living, and then the life that you're experiencing and reading it's like i don't this life right now out is enough to make me curious i like it right now so like in like in, you know my dad was the same way we used to get him books all the time and nothing ever got read he didn't it was he was a reader of the newspaper but other than that, he wasn't gonna like read and i i i i will make an exception i will say that some books that are so brilliant mm-hmm. that can duplicate life and draw out situations and draw characters pers- yeah yeah so, so so you've read me passages from uh dostoevsky dostoevsky and like tolstoy and stuff right and and <clears throat> i found those to be like really great little tidbits that but i mean that's a big burrito to sit down to crime and punishment is it or or war and peace is a that's a big that's a tough one uh, especially well, but if you're reading something you really like it's like way more immersive than a movie i feel like i just like go underwater and I could like not come up for hours in my little you like you say about when you have a podcast on mm-hmm. and you're in your submarine and I'm disturbing you like when I read a book it's like so much more immersive to me than anything else I think because I have to like engage my eyes and like my hands to like hold the book so like I can listen to something and like do other stuff and I'm like half in one and half in the other Actually, I a lot of times, and this is how I know I like definitely have ADD. Like, will re- be reading an article or like a something, and like listening to something at the same time. Or like, you know, I'll watch TV and be listening to something, or like I'll yes. be watching TV or or reading something else at the same time. But I like, I when I read, I like am fully engaged with what I'm reading. Like when I read an actual book, book versus like an article that a lot of times I'll like skim to get to the relevant information that I'm interested in finding there. You know, when so when I read, I like you know, that for me is like full immersion in something. Mm. And like that I think is it makes my brain like focus on that. I could do I could read like and you know this about me cuz I'm sort of obsessive like I'll get a book and I'll like be sucked into that book and like read it all the time and like finish it in however many hours right. but i'll like try not to do anything else but i can't do you can't do anything else while you're reading a book you know what i mean 
Like you can you can listen to an audiobook and do something else, but you can't physically read a book and be like folding laundry at the same time. It's just not possible. It's interesting. It's interesting. And to go back to what you said about hobbies, we had um we had um last week we had somebody on the oh we had But I think it's we, interesting. We had I, we mm-hmm. had these guys on called the old guard that I tell you about them. It's a Connecticut yes. group yes. of retirees who goes mm-hmm. out and d- does things. Right. A bunch of charity work or they'll build something and then whatever. And it's all guys in at least in their 70s generally. Mm-hmm. Some in their 80s. But, you know, these guys are, are seem to be in great shape. And and so they're all retired. <clears throat> they meet once a week. But they have activities they do. So, for instance, they put on, they replaced the siding on a house last year. Mm-hmm. And... There wasn't among them a siding expert, but these guys come from a generation where you generally had to know how to do certain things, and they knew <clears throat> that they would have to use geometry, and they would have to use uh, learn to use some equipment, and they would have to um, you know cut and size things and recut and 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 rent some equipment, get on a ladder and do the, et cetera, and they completely resided a, a house. These guys, like he's done here, they all did research and did it. And I think that there is, I think people are more drawn to hobbies if they have a capacity to to complete them, to to do them. So mm-hmm. these guys come from a time when everybody had a work, everybody took wood shop. Everybody right. had a, a little bit of knowledge of basically what tools do. And they come from a generation where you wouldn't just spend, you're not going to spend money with something you could do with your own two perfectly good hands. Mm-hmm. And so they, it was about their mindset. But I think in the same way, <clears throat> like like, um, like you and I, we can do fundamental things with the car. For instance, I, I like fixed, the, I, I replaced the headlight on mm-hmm. the Volvo. I can... Uh, if I could get under there, I could probably change the oil. You have changed the oil on our car. Mm-hmm. And I can change a tire and, you know, uh, uh, very fundamental things, you know. So, like, now that I can change the the um, light, I'm sure I could probably figure out how to fuse stuff. So it's not as if I'm looking at the car and, like, the entire undertaking would scare the hell out of me. Although, you know, if, if it came to construction, that would because I don't get it. I don't, I'm not good at any of it. Installing that phone in that door took several tries today, and that's as that's as much as I can wrap myself around it. So anything that has to do with construction is very daunting to me. I don't mm-hmm. see it. It look it's bigger than me, you know. Um, whereas like doing this podcast is it's smaller than me. It's not a daunting. Oh my goodness, you know, you know, because I know how to do this. I know how to do some production editing, etc. You know, it's a, I see all the pieces. I get mm-hmm. it. But getting to that point takes work. You didn't right. always know how to do production, right? And right. I think that's the difference between like most hobbies that you know we traditionally think of as hobbies is that a lot of them like take effort and knowledge to be good at. Yes, or and or a passion and, and or you've you've had you've got experience in that universe. So for instance, one thing you probably don't know about me is that I used to tie flies. Did you know that? 
That's so funny. I was literally just about to bring up Dying Flies right. and how Tucker Carlson said it. Oh, really? Did he like doing it? Remember in that weird video where somebody interrupted him? Yeah, in Central Park. Yeah, yeah. So I used to tie flies um, for a couple of years, and I was <clears throat> I got good at it. But but then again, I was my my brother and myself and my dad. We were avid fishermen, so mm-hmm. that we were sniffing around that area for a long time. Yeah. And so it just made sense, and I knew about a bunch about flies. And I'd seen different ones, and I'd gone fly fishing. Never really good, but, but um, and so I just found different materials and made flies, including f- for my pet's fur. So I'd go chase the cat around and get a little fur and make the f- tie because you never knew what would hit. You never knew what the trout would love. And mm-hmm. so, like, so that my dad used to cut glass. He used to cut glass bottles, wine bottles, mm-hmm. and and then make them into drinking glasses mm-hmm. which we th- I think we probably have a couple in vermont and there's yeah. a process to do it it's very interesting process is that you did in special tools that are only for for cutting glass so there was this tool that would hang inside the bottle mm-hmm. one that would just would would roll around would would scrape around another one would tap 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 mm-hmm. tap and it would take the perforations that the that the scraper would make and eventually it would uh, it would find a way to seamlessly break the bottle in half and then once the bottle's broken in half then you have to rub the top the bottle the shard end so it's not so sharp. It's, exactly so it's a drinking thing and there's a whole thing to it but like there's that's another example like of a of a hobby that did, he would do that like was v- like a very i mean there are other things i wish my, our son is learning how to whittle and i think that's like really cool i mean i mm-hmm. would love to do that doing something getting good at it that's another good point too alice is that I'm sure there Most are Most things aren't enjoyable until you put in a lot of not enjoyable work right. getting good at them. So like you said, you have to like have a passion to it or, you know, be driven in some way to be doing it because it's not fun until you put the work in. I try and say that to our kids all the time and I think right. they ignore me, but Yeah, no, they don't they don't they don't understand and that's why we had the Mother's Day meltdown that day. Right. Because they wanted to go in the batting cages and all hit home runs. <laughs> exactly. Without but- ever doing it right in their spare time right and 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 they weren't good and because they didn't practice and i was much better than them though uh, you know 350 pounds mm-hmm. in old because when i was their age i had practiced because i love right. baseball you know and it doesn't ever quite goes away but um yeah that is it is interesting uh, that is interesting it, it, but also you know i hate to be this but if young men mm-hmm don't have the a, a curiosity that's going to you know make them get out and I don't, I'm trying hold on sorry yeah. for the audio that's going to make them go out compel them to go out and learn skills and be able to is it flickering still yeah for and, me it is and, it might be that this one's. It might just out. be the power cord is yeah. dying possibly um and if, if young men don't have I mean, one of the reasons that you would learn these skills is mm-hmm. to decorate your plumage because you would want to be joining the fairer sex. But if if young but, men don't I mean, want to have sex anymore, well, then... <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. But also, like, I do think that you have to have some, like, internal thing making you do it for a reason beyond that, too. I mean, like you weren't—you yeah. didn't learn how to tie flies to impress the ladies. No, no I didn't. Like, I didn't. There has to be something in you that's like making you do this stuff. And like, and I do 
wonder that a lot of that like passion well, and interest has been replaced by people like wanting to watch comic book movies and play I think video you're right. Games. And actually, tying flies is about hunting, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, survival skills. Yeah. All right. Should we? Okay. I'm gonna. Should we, we both? Can, there's like two chat chat messages. Do you want to save them for tomorrow? Is there? Uh, yeah. Let's save them for tomorrow. Um, yeah. Let's save them for tomorrow. We'll get when okay. we get when we get a few more. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Um, we will talk to you again tomorrow. Hope everybody's having a great Christmas week, and um, yeah, and that you had a great time with your family yesterday. You can join us for the live episodes at patreon.com slash burnbarrel. Never gets old, right? Or for free at burnbarrelpodcast.com. You can always see all the episodes there, too. Nice hitting of the post, Alice. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.